0: You know, all of us deal with doubt at times. And uh, we see other people, they have great faith, and uh, we just kind of think something's wrong with our faith (laughs) because we doubt at times. Uh, The Bible states in Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 and following, it says this, And it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent his two, two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Uh, this is the great uh, forerunner of Christ, John the Baptist. He's been in prison now for some four to ten months, somewhere around there, they say. And he's beginning to question And some people say, well, how could a great man like that question? Well, let me just say, everybody's human. (laughs) And when you're human, you have these questions, don't you, at times? And there are certain doubts that we have. At times, a speaker might cause you to have doubted. They might yell out, do you know that you know that you know that you know? And do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved? And... You begin to think in your mind, am I even a Christian? <laughs> uh, you know, and so you begin to question and you begin to doubt. Or there is a certain circumstance that's overwhelmed you, and uh, that thought of doubt comes in, and fear overtakes you. And you begin to even wonder is God even real? Uh, it doesn't seem like He's working here whatsoever. Is Christianity true? You know, our college students are bombarded with this stuff all the time. That creates doubt in their thinking about some things. We know that. Or you've been struggling with a sinful habit. There's an issue in your life. You've prayed and prayed about it, yet seemingly there's no answer. And you wonder, is there anybody in heaven? (laughs) My goodness, can't you answer my prayer? Perhaps... Your marriage, you've been having difficulties, and so you're trying to do it God's way, but you're doubting the ways of God to follow through with that marriage relationship. Or you had a bad past. Uh, you're, uh, you question if you've been forgiven of your sins, even though you know the Bible states that the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. And you know that, but yet the guilt keeps gripping you and holding you in a prison of bondage. Or you might doubt, you come to a conclusion, can the Bible that was written so many years ago, can it be trusted for today? Absolutely. It seems like it's completely contrary to humanity and our culture today. (laughs) Well, thank God that it is. (laughs) You lose your job. You know, you've been living for God. You've been doing what's right. And then all of a sudden, you begin to say, Why, God? Why is this happening? For centuries, there's been a spiritual virus that goes around, and this virus is called doubt. <laughs> there are three kinds of people in the world those who doubt, those who don't but will, and those that are brain dead. <laughs> Because inevitably, sooner or later, if you take your faith seriously, you will come to times in your life, because of issues, you will have some uncertainty and there will be some doubt. As a matter of fact, even atheists at times doubt their position. I heard about this one, he's in the coffin, and one of his brother atheists said he's all dressed up, nowhere to go. And uh, (laughs) so the issue isn't if we ever doubt, we will at times. The issue is what will we do when doubt, when it happens to us? How do we prevent this virus from ravishing our faith? We want to know that. So what do we do? Well, first of all, we need to know what doubt is. Many people, they think doubt is opposite of faith. And that's not always true. Opposite of faith is unbelief. That's opposite of faith. Unbelief is a willful refusal to not believe. It's a conscious, deliberate decision to deny God to not have faith. Romans 1.28 explains it well. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, see, that's deliberate. God gave them over to a reprobate, reprobate mind to do those things that are not convenient and so on. They purposely decide, whereas doubt is to be indecisive. It's where a person's hung up between certainty and uncertainty over some circumstance or situation, some facet of the Christian faith. And so they begin to doubt. You know, you can have a strong faith, be heaven-bound, and have, at times, uncertainty about some things. You know, we're not always 100% absolutely settled on things. This isn't a lack of faith, it's actually stretching your faith. David, at one time, he said, God, where are you? God, why haven't you shown up? I've been praying to you. Now, David didn't have a weak faith, but he had a strong faith. The second thing about doubt, when some think doubt is unforgivable, They feel so ashamed. But let me just say something. Doubt does not condemn one. Here in our our verses, we have John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, he's the one who said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He's the one who baptized Jesus. He's the one who heard the Father's voice from heaven. But he's been arrested. He's been in jail for several months. And their doubt begins to enter in his mind, some uncertainty. Is this the true Christ? So he asked some of his disciples, go ask Jesus if he is the Messiah. Now, because of that doubt, how did Jesus react to him? Did Jesus slam dunk him? <laughs> Said, boy, you're awful. Did he criticize him? Did he disqualify him? Of course not jesus says go tell john the evidence proves that i am he it's all true about me and he can be assured of that i am the son of god i am the messiah and i am here and by doing that that bolstered the faith of john the baptist as a matter of fact At a later date, Jesus stands up and says, There's no one greater than John. (laughs) He gives him a compliment, even though he had doubted at one time. The lesson is this here. When we have questions and doubts and concerns, God doesn't write us off. But he does want to have a dialogue with us. We say, God, these are the things, the areas I'm struggling with. And God, I need your help. Help me have some answers here to bolster my faith like you did John. (laughs) Number three, some people, they doubt, they think doubt is unhealthy when in reality, it's not always that way. Actually, doubt can become positive if we take steps to resolve it. It's like immunizing you. Uh, You get a flu shot. Now, some of you don't get that. That's fine. But the premise is to prevent you from coming down with the disease, they put a little of the disease in your body to condition yourself with antibodies to fight the disease when you're encountered with it. Your body actually is stronger from having it injected with a little of the disease. And when you're infected with doubt, if you will fight by seeking the Word of God, finding out God's answers to your questions, you become stronger in your faith. Your faith can be firm again. You can have a new confidence once again. Example of that, I've shared many times about When I was first saved, I worked construction. I was a concrete finisher. And uh, some of the guys that worked with us were Jehovah's Witnesses. And these guys each day would say to my bosses, and I'd get in it a little bit. I was just saved. Didn't know a whole lot. I was green. But, you know, soul sleep. No holidays. Baptism and works for salvation. No hell. Only 144,000 going to heaven. And you know, sometimes it created doubt in me because I didn't have the answers. I said, well, are they right? And so I'd go home and I'd study and I'd find the answer out and my faith was increased. Even though at the beginning there was some questions, some uncertainty, for sure, after I got in the word of God and found the answers, my faith grew. Or it's like when we talk to a scientist about creation. We sort of tremble a little bit. They're supposed to be so smart and so on. We're afraid we can't answer everything. We just need, need to remember Ken Ham just reminds us they weren't there. Okay? They weren't there. They're just guessing through a biased viewpoint. We have the same Information, they come it from no God, we come it from in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the result of our faith is increase, then our doubt is removed from going through the experience itself. When at the beginning, I was uncertain, doubt, but after I got the answers from word of God, bam, now I have certain confidence. It was that way about the mystery program about the Apostle Paul and the gospel grace. It was, when I saw that, when you first see some of those things, you what, what? That's not what we've always been taught. And so there's uncertainty. There's doubt about truth sometimes. But then when you get in it and you study it out truthfully with an open mind and an open heart, not closed by tradition or denomination, and you get in it, and you get involved in learning about it, your faith increases, it's true. What an experience that was for me. Dr. Gary Parker, scientist, he says this, if faith never encounters doubt, if truth never struggles with error, if good never battles with evil, how can faith know its own power? He says, in my pilgrim, uh, you know, my journey, my pilgrimage, my journey, if I have to choose between a faith that has stared doubt in the eye and made it blink, or a faith that knows nothing about being in the firing line, I choose the former. Amen? I want a faith that has no doubt in the eye and make it blink. Amen? I don't want a faith that shrinks back and is afraid, but is stronger because of the questions. There's doubting Thomas. After he searched for the evidences and things like that, then saw a resurrected Christ, the only thing he could do from his doubt was to fall on his knees and say, My Lord and my God. And as a result of that, he dedicated his life to tell people the truth of the person of Christ. Isn't it interesting how when a difficult situation, a large circumstance affects, comes into our life, it affects our faith? It often causes us to doubt, whether it's positive or negative things. First of all, there's positive circumstances. Say you're in the fast lane. Business is prosperous. You have your car, your boat. Life is good. Money is good. Others around you don't give a flip about God. But there you are, and they're having it good. And you begin to question the need of God. Life is so good without Him that you start doubting God's relevancy in your life or then there's the negative negative. and by the way let me just say think this through you begin to think and say i don't need god maybe it's not true for me that's doubt you know david came to that point about how the wicked prospered he says this in psalm 73 verse 2 and following But as for me, my feet were almost gone. I'm having problems. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. And they say, how doth God know? And is their knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. I'm mattering fire. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. David had doubt about this until God reminded him of what their end was. It's not going to be worth it for them one day. Then there's negative circumstances like I said. You have a big hurt comes into your life, you pray and pray and nothing. We find ourselves in these circumstances that we're not accustomed to. To us it seems that God is indifferent. He's absent. So God is not relevant for me. He's not real for me in my life. Now, I'm not being insensitive, but why is that? When things really good and really bad, we doubt. Always remember this. Our experience does not determine God. God is God, and what's true is true. But why? Why do we doubt? Well, just don't miss this. Woven in two our being, there's a part of us that is so selfish-centered, so self-centered, that it exaggerates the circumstances and our emotions. The truth is, it's not really about God. It's about ourselves. Someone else's tragedy in their life, to us it's a prayer request. You don't doubt. But when there's a tragedy in our life, we question and we doubt. Why didn't you doubt over their tragedy? Why didn't they doubt over your tragedy? Just recently, we've seen in Maui, we've seen the fires, the loss of life, property, it's horrific what took place. And we say to ourselves, oh God, meet their needs comfort their families, and perhaps even somebody's got something ringing, earplug or something, I hear it, thank you, I got it. And, uh, or you might even send some money to them. Then something that happens in your life that doesn't compare to anything like that, a loss of a job, you have a little health problem happens to you, And you say, oh God, where are you? Why God? And you begin to doubt. Why didn't we doubt over their tragedy? But we do over ours. It's because I said woven into us is our own self-centeredness, our selfishness. We want our will. We want what we want. And we get upset with God because He's not doing what we think He ought to be doing or when He should be doing that. And we throw it back on God. Why, God? Where are you, God? I doubt when God is allowing something inconvenient to my lifestyle or my schedule. I doubt when it's seeming he's seemingly inattentive to my happiness of what I want. I don't know why I can't hit the lotto. You say, do you play? I don't know why I don't hit the lotto. When I don't like the way God decides to run his universe, I doubt. So let's be honest this morning. It's not about God, it's about us. Amen? We look at our country, what do we do? Why, God? We're going through all of this. Look at what it costs to live. Look at what our government's doing. What, what, what? And we go bonkers. We're reaping what we sowed. Let's just, amen. Matthew chapter 11, I'm coming down the stretch. Matthew 11, verse 4 and following. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. All my miracles I'm doing and so on. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Jesus said, listen, go back and tell John to look beyond the walls of his circumstances. Let him think and know and see how I'm working, what I have done and what I am doing. That will encourage him. God's saying to us, from time to time I'm going to allow things that have the potential to drive you away from me. But blessed is one whose faith will endure. God says sometimes I'm going to send something into your life that has the potential to wreck your faith in me. It will seem uncharacteristic of what a loving and good God I am. You will have some doubt. But I'm teaching you a lesson. Stop doubting me. God says there's no necessary correlation between your circumstances and my feelings and love for you. What I've started in you, I'm going to finish You're always accepted in my beloved. There's nothing that can separate you from my love. God says, blessed is the believer who doesn't stumble or lose faith from what I allow or send into their life who can break through their self-centeredness. It's not all about you. I have a purpose to use you. The one who comes with doubt, but still says, God, I still believe. God, I'm going to trust you in spite of what's going on around. I'm going to trust you. He says, blessed is the believer who looks beyond those walls of their circumstances of life, not draw conclusions about me by what's happening to them but is able to break through that line of self-centeredness to see what I have done in their life and I am doing in this world. So when you're tempted to doubt, you will be blessed if you're able to maintain your faith. When it seems like God isn't there or even relevant or considerate of what you're praying about, remember what he's done, and what he's doing. And I look back at everything he's done. I have to agree with Peter. The Lord says people were turning their backs on him when it came to real commitment. And he looked at his disciples and says, will you also leave me? And Peter says those famous words, to whom shall we go? You're the ones who have the words of life. What's our option? (laughs) When you don't have God, you think you're going to leave God because you question him about the way he runs the universe or runs your life, not according to you, but according to his will. What's your option? The world, the flesh, the devil and a loss of the potential to accomplish something great for God. I leave you with these verses that I I love. just talks about our life and our God. He says this in Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. His ways are not our ways, his thoughts. are He's so much higher, isn't he? He knows what we need more than we know what we need. Amen? According to the power that worketh in us. We're not alone. He's always there. He's sealed inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And that guarantees final delivery. So every day of my life, I don't have to worry about God being there. Now, I might not understand something that creates question, uncertainty, or doubt, but I do know God never makes a mistake. And so my faith goes to the Word of God to find answers for my doubt or my questions. And I can be honest with you this morning, over all these many years, God has never failed me. He's always there for me, for the little things and the big things. He might have said no to my prayer. He might have said, maybe later. He might have said yes. Or he More than likely, because I really don't know how I should pray, it's the Holy Spirit who helps us pray, right? He said, I'm going to answer your prayer in a different way that will honor and glorify me. And so I just wanted to challenge you this morning that we that are saved, yes, doubt does come, but we have a great God that is true, and you can trust him through thick or thin. He will be there for you. Father, we love you this morning. I just wanted to share this, and I just pray that it encourage us. Nothing wrong with having some questions or some uncertainty. We just don't know yet. We just, though, have to trust you. Our faith is in you. And God, I just pray that those people that are going through some circumstances this morning might just fall on their face and say, God, regardless if I understand or not, I'm going to trust you. I love you. I want that assurance, that confidence you gave, John. Would you please help me find it in your word? And I pray they would do that. And encourage them, lift them up this morning. This old world's a crazy place. Everything's going on around us. Nothing is the way it used to be. Things have changed so fast, and it causes us to question, to doubt at times. God help our faith, I think of the verse, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. (laughs) And uh, that's the way humans are. And so forgive us when we question you, but may we always trust you, even in the midst of all of it, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Trust the Lord. God bless you. You have a great day. We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.